Card presents Back Issue Bloodbath with your hosts, Andrew Young and Petula Neal. This word is a good thing when you're trying to sell a lot of comic books, but it's a bad thing when you're trying to keep a hold of your own reality. This is The Variance on Back Issue Bloodbath. I am Andrew Young. I'm Petula Neal. And this week we are looking at The Variants, a five-issue miniseries that came out in 2022, written by Gail Simone with artwork by Phil Noto. Talk about your superstar creator team right there. It's like all they needed to do to sell this was to put out a cover and say who's on it and then just sit back and watch the money roll in. Absolutely. I mean, the queen of the social media platform formerly known as Twitter, Gail Simone, when I saw that this was coming up, I do this thing where I like bookmark things are coming up where it's like like somebody I like or the title just because uh, listeners, you know, mama likes your gummies and occasionally a little bit of bourbon. So I don't want to forget. And especially for Marvel titles now, since I have Marvel Unlimited, I try to wait. This one I couldn't bought the physical of issue one and have like a weird mix of like digital and physical for this series because it's tight. It's like a nice, it's a tight five. Yeah. It's a literal tight five. Yeah. So like for those who don't know, the story uh, is the actually subheading to the variants is a Jessica Jones mystery, which I think that's interesting. I think that they should make all miniseries after this should be whatever the title is. And then a Jessica Jones mystery, not Jessica Jones. Don't use the title as just Jessica Jones anymore. Give it a cool individual title and then just put a Jessica Jones mystery. So the idea is in this, Jessica Jones, it's coming up on the anniversary of the time when the Purple Man mind-controlled her into being his slave and doing some terrible things, killing people, stealing from people, sitting there and watching him do terrible things to other people while begging him to have sex. There's a lot of sick things that he made her do. And it's something she doesn't want to relive. But at this time, another victim of the purple man has recently committed a heinous murder. And Matt Murdock is trying to get this person off showing that it was temporary insanity and trying to show the links back to the purple man. They can't actually find a way to prove that she unfortunately is going to go to jail, but there's like another little thing that's revealed is that the girl explains that the reason why she killed those people, the purple man put like a bomb in her head. They went off. It's like, you're going to kill a bunch of people. And then it goes off again. She kills herself. So not the most uh, happy start to this story, but it's a Jessica Jones story. So when are they ever? And at the same time, Jessica's going through her own crisis of conscience about her life. While now she has this new pending threat of there could be a bomb in your head that's going to go off and you're going to hurt the people you love. And just around this same time where all this shit starts happening, Suddenly, people that look exactly like her show up in her apartment. But the thing that's different about them is that while they are atomically exactly like her, they act very different. One is claiming to be Captain America. The other is claiming to come from a world where she lost her love, which happened to be Daredevil. And so you got an even angrier Jessica Jones than the regular Jessica Jones. And then you've got this kind of like upfront soldier. And so she's trying to figure out where these came from. Then suddenly a girl is the spitting image of what she looked like when she was her jewel character from the seventies shows up 
and she's like this overly like happy, not hurt person. Like basically didn't go through the trauma of the purple man and all that sort of stuff. And she's trying to figure out, well, the, all these people are here. Meanwhile, she's getting messages from somebody else saying, don't trust any of them. So she's got a personal mystery of like, how do I stop the bomb that's in my head? That's going to go off. And an open world mystery of like, how do I collect all these other Jessica's and get them back to where they're supposed to be? It's a twofold kind of thing. And that's what I liked about it is that there were two major problems that she had to overcome in this. Shouts to Luke just being a great dad, though, through all this and pretty awesome partner. So many times in comic books, when a partner or a child may be put in peril, it's often because the other person didn't immediately just do what the other person says, where she's like, baby stuff's popping off. Get up out of here. Don't tell me where you're going. <laughs> so mm. he's like yep <laughs> i mean he does eventually disobey orders but like the initial like it's popping off i need to deal with this even though he knows she's in some distress and whatever he trusts her enough to know that as a parent despite what she's gone through in her life with Kilgrave and other stuff and despite the fact that unlike so many of our other heroes across all kinds of properties regardless of the imprint so often a character's first mistake is being too friendly with a variant of themselves. If they meet, you know, an evil twin, a version of themselves from the future, a superior something. Just as real punch first kind of gal. Love that for her. It's not great. <laughs> not, not the best first impression, but she's just like very family priority. Get them safe. And then I'm going to punch the heck out of myself until I can get some answers. So... <laughs> Yeah, that was the thing. It was punch first, get answers later. It's just immediately two women are in my house. I don't care if they look exactly like me. Let's fight. That's <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely has no need for therapy after this. Well, She's worked everything out on versions of her own face. Oh, yeah. But it's funny you mentioned the whole thing about Luke Cage. In that situation, I'd say I think that's a fair thing in their relationship. If Luke was to react any differently, he'd be a hypocrite because during Civil War, during Secret Invasion, he would tell her, go somewhere, I don't want to know where sort of thing. So, and she would do it. So if he didn't do it, there'd be something definitely wrong But uh, with their marriage. But no, right there, the marriage is on point. He got out of there. He got the kid to safety. They basically have the plan in place. Whichever one has yeah. to go, goes. Yeah, and they don't know where they are. And also, it's almost straight out of like a living heroes moment. Of course, he goes and posts up with a couple of the black aunties. <laughs> it's, like, it's like kind of like well, one of the, one of them is like, Asian, like you know, it's because well, wing is not black. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but it's just like well, somebody's got to do my kid's hair. If I have to. Go back you know what here's the thing though if i was I misty... can't go by danny's house yeah if i was misty knight though i would kind of be fed up with with luke because it seems like every time that he comes and sees her it's when he's in trouble and it's usually trouble that's connected to jessica so if i was misty i'd be like fuck enough of this shit you know i mean yeah she's probably it seems like 90 percent of the time she pops up in a comic when she's not dating sam wilson she pops up in a comic to help luke cage and jessica jones well, they're not giving her own book right no, now, so no. gives her something to do. <laughs> I yeah. Yeah, that I guess maybe just you know, doing some light braids on Luke's child while he's handling <laughs> business. Yeah. I'm sure when they designed that uh, robotic arm, 
that was the true intention. <laughs> it was to, so yeah. She, yeah. 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 Just do a retwist <laughs> <laughs> for little baby cage jokes. Oh yeah. my God. I really enjoyed the other Jessica's like first steps of what they did in the situation. Of course, um, I can't remember what, what was the Jessica cook is of course, the main Jessica was called Jessica Prime. And wasn't she called like the, the kind of harder edge Jessica was what Jessica Omega? Was that what they were referring yeah. to her as? Yeah. yeah. I think they, Omega was the Matt Murdoch. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I yeah, thought the yeah. stuff they did with her where she actually tracked down Matt and was like, they told me you were dead. I knew you weren't. And then she realizes, oh, wait a second. This isn't my Matt. Like that's heartbreaking. Heart yeah. Like I feel the worst for Omega because it seems like even when all said is done, she has to just go back to her life and has to deal with her demons, you know? <laughs> That's yeah. it. I feel I feel the worst for her because uncharacteristically, Matt doesn't take her to Poundtown first. But I guess it's because he knows Jessica's happy with Luke now, so he knew for sure it wasn't her. Yeah. But I feel like if he knew what was up from Jump and maybe she had a little more time in town, she at least would have been able to... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get a little devil in her. But, you know... <laughs> What I really like was the later introduction of the nitrous variant and how you find her connection of like this whole behind the scenes thing of like, whereas the other Jessica's made their presence known right away. She was like the detective side of Jessica was like, no, I'm going to figure out what the fuck's going on here. And then I'll talk to the main Jessica once I know. But when we get the backstory of what happened in her world, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah. She's a little more careful. Totally. But also what I loved, what I loved, because Jess staying true to character, when Nitra shows up, she beats the crap out of her too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bathroom fight right at the time. <laughs> really throws hands and feet very quickly. Yeah. Gotta find out where she buys those stretched those stretch denim that she loves because she's always ready to tussle. <laughs> Oh, but it was interesting because like one of the set pieces in this story was the kind of deli that they hang out in. And I like the little subplot of the owner of the deli feels indebted to Jessica because Jessica got rid of the criminal element in his establishment. And when the criminal element shows back up, it's just a matter of like, now I'm going to punch your face in and the guy's gone, <laughs> you know, sort of thing. It's like out the door again. I thought it was a cute little side plot of like Jessica helping the neighborhood out uh in every little way she can yeah and this local thug being like well she's not gonna be there again it's like oh and there's more of her <laughs> yeah there's now multiple like, her all over the like, place no matter where you think she is there's still a jessica at that deli yeah, yeah yeah exactly we were talking about it and there's a lot of funny moments in this book but then there's the underlying very dramatic storyline of the purple man which, you know, Jessica Jones has been linked to the Purple Man all the way back to Alias with Brian Michael Bendis' story. And I've always found what they've done with the Purple Man, while very graphic and very adult, the character has become more three-dimensional because of it. Because before, he was kind of like a weird, like, mind-controlled version of Mr. Mistopolik in the sense that he'd just show up and fuck with you. You know, there was no real depth to anything he did. But then it was like the evolution of like a man with this type of powers and what they would do if they were corrupt. I like that that, you know, has continued on and has kind of made the Purple Man a threat that they never were before. And in this book, he's not technically in the book and he's the biggest threat in the situation. Like he makes one appearance in the story and he's not really there when he does. 
And I just like the fact that through the Jessica Jones story, the Purple Man character has become this kind of like looming threat, even in stories he's not in. And also, he's just that really bad ex that you can't get out of your head. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. He's all of those things. And that they acknowledge the violation of his power in so many ways. And the irony for me that our friend Charles has called in to help address any threat from any, you know, leftover mind bombs. They're very similar. Mm. Like Purple Man and Professor X. It's right. just allegedly one is good. <laughs> It's kind of interesting, though, because initially in previous Jessica Jones comics, when she had issues that needed a telepath to kind of help her manage through, it was always Jean Grey. Like, if you go back to the Bendis stuff, Jean Grey is the one that, in her history, was the one that helped her out of the dark, the the initial Purple Man problems. So I found it kind of interesting that they went with Professor Xavier here. I guess it's because now Xavier has become, like, kind of known as the be-all, end-all, diplomatic immunity, wherever he goes in the world sort of thing. So the foremost authority, but yeah, I just find that kind of interesting because usually it's been Jean Grey. If you go back and look in the other books, when she's had problems that she's needed someone to like go into her head for, it has been Jean Grey. And that in a way I prefer, it's another woman, it's somebody else who's had her body taken over, her body replicated, like a lot of things done to her body without her consent. Mm. So under having somebody crawling around your mind who can empathize with being the unwilling experimentee versus the active recruiter of others to do your will or convince or cajole or dare I say groom, unfortunately, considering Charles recruits children, <laughs> getting a bit murky here, but it's interesting because it's a real one-to-one, -one, just like how Jessica is fighting versions of herself her choice to pick Charles, whether or not it ends up being actually the Purple Man or really just another mental variant of herself, it's like she picked the thing that's most like him to fight him in her head. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. I don't have the same baggage with Xavier that you do. You know that. Yeah. But yeah. I will say in recent years, ever since he's put on that helmet, uh -huh. I, haven't trust, I haven't trusted him. I just, he freaks me out. If he showed up in my mind with that helmet, I'd still be kind of freaked out. I'd be like, this is, this is a nightmare. This is scary. But then of course, finding out in the end, the reveal of the other side of the problem is because the thing is, the thing I find interesting is that the variants have nothing to do with the mind bomb in her head. They are just unfortunately there while all of this is going on. It's just another problem onto the equation and the reveal of that to find out who's pulling the strings of that and why was like, Oh, Okay, so I guess Nitrous was right when she was leaving those notes saying, don't trust them, because one of them was definitely someone who couldn't be trusted. And because of that, in the fifth issue, we get Jessica Mageddon. We get so many Jessicas and so many versions of Jessica that I was like, oh my God, how many Jessicas can you draw? And it's like, like Phil Noto was just like, let me see how many I can fit into a panel. Because it was like, I think like... 10 or 20 in there <laughs> it's definitely one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve it's a smooth 12. that specific image that you're looking at almost yeah. got my panel of the year yeah if i'd read the last issue before i might have picked this one 
It, it would have been in the conversation. Yeah. Although I still weirdly think I like the lipstick one a bit more. Oh, the one of her just with the different shades? Yeah. Yeah. I will say with the, the opening part there, when she's going through the different shades, trying to find some normalcy as she puts it in the situation. I like the conversation with Matt Murdock where she finally just reveals it like, I ended up picking up Morning Blush. I don't know. And then I like how in the final issue, Morning Blush does get referenced twice in the book. It was so pretty. Yeah. Jessica has a chaotic life, but it's very entertaining to watch to see where Jessica's life goes. And I really hope that we do get to see more of it. And I think Gail Simone did a really good job with it. I thought Kelly Thompson did a good job with it as well in the few stories she did. But I'd like to see Jessica handled once again by Gail Simone in the future. Yeah. What I like most is often Jessica's biggest challenges are her own demons. So this is a real. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just take the literal version of that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's erase the middleman of making other people sort of representative of what she struggles with and just literally make her punch the heck out of herself for most of five issues. Yeah. 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 And of course, Phil Noto, like he doesn't do a lot of interiors. Most of the time he does covers. If you've read a, a Star Wars Marvel series at any point in the past few years, you've seen his work. Uh, he also did this really cool thing a couple of years ago for a Marvel anniversary that he did like covers that represented each decade of Marvel. So it was all the characters that were created in that decade. And they were just glorious. Very rarely does he do interiors these days. Like a few years back, he did a Black Widow run, which was really cool. But this particular run, it was just so nice to get just a bunch of Phil Noto art. Because you forget, because he does so many covers, how pretty his pictures are and everything, that he's really good at presenting a mood. Like there's a subtlety to his work. And I think it's because the characters are very photorealistic. So it feels like you're just watching real life, even though it is, you know, drawn art. And I don't know, like he can let a moment sit. You can get panels where there's no copy or anything and no even real movement and you'll get that the mood is changing. And I like the way he draws, especially a character like Jessica, who's known for most of her iterations, not wearing, you know, the super spandex or whatever. She's yeah. like jeans and jacket. of Yeah, some leather type. jacket, jeans, yeah. t-shirt. She's good to go. Comfortable flat sole shoes. But the way he draws her, and especially the subtle differences between the different versions of her. I really enjoy that in this. And and there is a Carnage Aftermath panel in five that I find as an artist, I might have been tempted to really go overboard with that. But you just get like one scene and it's not too much. It's grisly, but it's not like, you know, up to the borders of the page with Carnage. It's just a few characters that have been handled in the case of colossus bless them literally it's very sparse in a way it's like up until this you have these panels just full of jessica's and then this sort of in a flashback story i love the restraint i love how kind of clean that is you just sort of you really get from just what's happened to like a couple of people like uh, what went on there and how bad it was Mm. and just using this approach with this book where it's like you're building your building. Like it's one Jessica, then it's another one. And then it's one Jessica out in the streets trying to figure stuff out. Then it's like two Jessicas. Like, so at the point you're talking about when we get to like, oh my God, it's a rooftop full of Jessicas. There's a lot of good sort of 
back and forth. Okay, okay, we can rest on this page. It's just a couple of people having a chit chat or memory or whatever. So the restraint, whereas I was a bit concerned, like as we got to the fifth issue, it would just be a whole bunch of like Jessica versus Jessica, like punchy, 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 punch. It was a lot of, you know, some of Jessica trying to be like, okay, let's talk about this as we see the other characters and the other parts of the story having some restraint. Uh, getting the backstory of, let's say, the ultimate bad Jessica as well. Parts of it almost reminded me of listeners, if you've ever watched or read the Twilight stuff, of Rosalie's backstory, where you get the like pause. You don't get to actually see what she does to the guy who almost killed her and was the reason she ended up getting turned. You just get like her kind of bursting in a room and then a beautiful uh, Nikki Reed moment. She's like, I was a bit dramatic. (laughs) It's like, you know, she like tore that guy's entrails out and wore them as a necklace, (laughs) but you don't see it. So like a lot of the backstory of the ultimate villain in this, it builds, but you don't, they leave a lot of the actual active parts of the assault off panel, which I also love. Yeah. You see before and after. Yeah. You see a very like Angela Bassett walking away from like the car on fire. Yeah. But you don't (laughs) actually see her you know, empty the closets, dragging everything out, lighting yeah. the match on the yeah. cigarette that she was trying to quit smoking. <laughs> smoking now. So yeah, it's just very, I love the restraint because you could have gone another way with the art and this and really not have to have Gail change a single word, but mm-hmm. instead they didn't. I think this book is worth checking out. Also, if you're a fan of She-Hulk being a bestie, she's in there as well. It's available. I think they're coming out with a trade very soon. All five issues are out. Definitely check it out. I think it's a fun read. One more shout out to Phil. He does good feet. Is there a wiki feet for comics? <laughs> I don't I'm know. I wonder if maybe I should start it. Like oh how there's a God. wiki feet for people. That's, yeah. that's weird. That's weird. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming to the end of another episode of Back to Your Blood Bath. Petula, where can people find you? At Innotiff.com on Twitter and Hive at Obesacantavit, O-B-E-S-A-C-A-N-T-A-V-I-T, and here with you. Of course, you can find everything I do over at GeekArtShow.com. Follow me on Twitter at GeekArt. Follow me on Instagram at Andrew underscore of underscore geek underscore hard. Of course, follow this very show on Facebook at Backstage Bloodbath, where we post the new episode every week. But, hey, you don't want to miss an episode, do you? So you should go and subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice. Make sure you don't miss one. And while you're there, give us all the stars and say nice things about us because that helps people find out about us. And then when you're done that, go outside, get a stretch, breathe in some fresh air, and then you can go back to reading comic books. This has been Back as Your Bloodbath. I've been Andrew Young. I've been Petunia. Have yourself a good...